Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 147 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, your lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm here with my good friend, your media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It is going fantabulously. Yeah? Yeah. You a little waterlogged today? <laughs> yeah, we went down the Itchitukney. yeah. Which, by the way, your phones, our phones don't like um, names from Native American stuff because it's really hard. It wants to spell things differently. Does it? Yeah. You say going down the Itchitukney. So you just... Well, the river. Yeah. But then the... <laughs> Remember uh, last year, the GPS took us to the a random middle of a trailer park. Um, yeah. And this year, it took us um, not to a random spot, but to, um, thankfully, right in front of this lady's house who walked out and was like, y'all looking for the river? And we were like, yes, ma'am. She's like, where are you putting in? And we told her, she's like, all right, go left, left, and left. So we were <laughs> on the other side. So yeah, that's it was funny. great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we the middle school <clears throat> went down our, our annual Itchituckney yep. river trip, and it was fun. And I swam. I like to swim it. I wear goggles yeah. and a snorkel, so because the current's good, I just roll. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. Fun. Mm-hmm. Really tiring. So yeah, I'm, I slept a lot. I went to bed at like eight forty-five last night. So. Goodness gracious. Which um, I, some people are like that's when I normally go to bed, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know. I might get in my bed then, but then I watch stuff. But no, I just like went to bed. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of watching stuff, <laughs> have you paid attention to the writer strike and now the actor strike? Well, I know that the writer strike was happening, and now the actor strike. Are they doing it in like support of? Uh-huh. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, I was trying to explain to Mallory because we like to watch Young Sheldon. She's like, I, "There's no new episodes. When are they going to do it?" And I was like, "Well, well, it's the summer." Which means there's no new episode. Explain that. And she was like, oh. And I said, but. but exactly. <laughs> if so. you like written TV, mm-hmm. come fall, you are going to be fairly I mean, and that's network or streaming. I mean, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. Um, the, so every movie has halted production. If it uses a SAG or a WGA which SAG actor. Which they do. Yes. Screen Actors Guild. Um, or a WGA writer, mm-hmm. which Writers Guild everyone does. Mm-hmm. They've all stopped production. Yeah. I mean, you might you might get some documentaries, but I mean, no. those aren't. Because they're written. Well, right. But a lot of documentarians don't carry. Some of them don't carry. No, but they've started doing that because mm-hmm. of the last strike. Mm-hmm. They paid for a lot of docu- oh. documentaries. So they um, brought in a lot of writers from mm-hmm. those documentaries of that season where they can't write now wow that was actually an article i read did did ben affleck and uh, matt damon do like the green the green room is that what it's called Mm -hmm. and they like supported a lot of documentaries i wonder if that came out of the last strike or not but anyway that was a side well they they also would they also had an open call for scripts and then whoever won they would make your movie gotcha yeah i do kind of remember that and then but the reason i brought that up Mm -hmm. is because it's interesting, but also the first waiver was given out yesterday for a production from the guilds, not from anyone else. The guilds allowed a particular production to continue production. And and, and 
and okay, let me guess. I'm gonna guess. Okay. Um, is it streaming or network? Streaming. <sighs> I mean, I would say Game of Thrones, but that's done. Mm, it's. Is it a Marvel? Is it a superhero? Is it a DC? <clears throat> All right, what is it? We don't know. The Chosen. Oh. They received they received the first waiver from both guilds to continue production, and they started back production. Like, this well, week. it's already been written. <laughs> no, but no, they I know. They use actors, of course. No, no, no. I know, I know. I was just so, making the joke uh, of it's already been written. Yeah. The script's already been written, but but it's because it is crowdfunded. Oh, wow. they don't take. Mm -hmm. uh, studio money to make it, so they had to write an appeal, mm -hmm. and the appeal it the the, um, the uh, guilds weren't looking at appeals yet because they just assumed everybody was shut down. Mm -hmm. And then one of the creators called and said, "Hey, we submitted appeal. We really need you to look at it because <laughs> we're kind of a different kind of production. So if you'll go look at that and let us know." Wow. And yeah, they were able so to start production. So season four is back on production. Wow. So right now, the only media mm -hmm. that is being generated, scripted media that is being generated. I was like, because what about TikTok? <laughs> I'm joking. That, <laughs> it's probably not for this podcast, but I could go on about an hour about the possibilities of media creation during the strike. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever wanted to be big in media, now is the time now to do it. Now is the time. It's kind of like whenever pro athletes go on strike it's like mm -hmm. if you ever wanted a chance and they decided to play anyway yeah, yeah but but there's ways to do it without being considered a scab mm -hmm. right. and uh so that but the only scripted media that's being produced right now is about jesus hmm. that's incredible mm -hmm. speaking of no this has nothing to do with it but my <laughs> my favorite keanu reeves movie the replacements the replacements it's really good <laughs> and that's when he plays a, a quarterback now and it's funny because it was around the same time he also was a quarterback when he in Point Break. Mm -hmm. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. I wanted to say Johnny Denver, but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, that's also a singer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, at, when I was really maybe ten or so, mm -hmm. I was wondering if there was like a like Point Break was the sequel to the replacements, and he got <laughs> and he done. Went into the yeah after the season. Yeah, then he went. Well, because he had a knee injury he in did. Point Break 2. So. What if all Keanu Reeves parts are really the same character, like Neo and John Wick? There is a theory about is Neo. Is he Bill and, or Ted? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really get but there, it. But there actually is a theory about um, <laughs> Neo and John Wick being the same person. Well, and, he acts the same in all of his well, yeah. films. So yeah. that's also a, a thing. But... Um, <laughs> Because in John Wick 3, <laughs> there was, like, all the people from The Matrix were in John Wick 3. Okay. And they were past acquaintances that he had. Oh. They weren't, like, they weren't, yeah, so. I wonder how many people have, like, gone forward, like, on that little 10-second forward thing. I don't think so. <laughs> I, uh, this I mean, I'm not bored by it, but we're, I'm having the car. I know. I just, I always wonder that. No. Like, and no one would tell us, I don't think. Steve would. Yeah, Steve would be like, no, I had to. I had to skip that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Steve, let us know. <laughs> let us know. Of course, I talked about his favorite actor, Keanu Reeves. So he probably Is Keanu like, Reeves his favorite actor? I have no idea. Uh, I was thinking John Wayne or something. <laughs> now, that would be my father-in-law. So. Um, so you asked how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Um, 
I am in the thick of Jesus' life weekend mm-hmm. marketing and, and production, and it is quickly approaching. Yes. Um, let's see. From from the day our folks get this, it'll be uh, 15 days. And That's crazy. T minus 15 days. That's crazy. Yep. So. And we have over 140 students already signed up. Fantabulous. Um, probably... It'll be over 150 by the time this goes out because we're averaging 15 to 20 a day mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you don't have your sixth or twelfth grader signed up, you better get them signed up soon. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep, because we're gonna cap out. Yeah. So, yeah, get get that going. So it's gonna be a great time. Always mm-hmm. a great time. Always, always, always. Um, also, let's. You know, I was. Josh knows. I'm about to tell him what he knows. But so I texted you this morning, and I was like, "I'm just, I'm just don't. I, I'm dry on on topic. I'm just not inspired by anything like monumental." Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? And so you threw a couple, you threw an idea out that we both agreed needed to be yeah. looked at more deep. Yeah, you know, I was like, depth. I have this idea, but it is I can't put it together yeah. in two hours. <laughs> yeah, so. We definitely, we, uh, but from that, see, this is why I, you know, like mm-hmm. spitballing I things is good because as soon as you said that, then it made me think of mm-hmm. something else. So I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity for um, us to talk about, to share what, where did we land? What did we do after we left the United Methodist Church last June? Um, where did we end up after we disaffiliated? Um, I think a lot of people, Probably no. I don't know. No, I don't. I think they just know we left. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know where we landed. Of course, our our ministry board of elders knows and mm-hmm. and staff. But um, beyond that, and so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about that today. Like, what what is life after the UMC like uh, for the Porch Community Church? So I have my opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it? It's pretty great. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's. I agree. <laughs> I mean, we um, haven't had like we haven't had to deal with the bureaucracy of a of a large overhanging mm-hmm. denomination mm-hmm. which has been fantastic we've just been able to do ministry mm-hmm. yeah i agree i um i didn't realize what a you said overhanging i think mm-hmm. that's a good um i didn't realize how much the the weight of the the system mm-hmm. uh was kind of always there lingering over me as a pastor until it was no longer there yeah. leaning over me. Um, now, of course, this in no way, shape, or form um, is a dig on the relationships and the the ministry connections and things that, that I have with a lot of people. Some are still, some are still UMC. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many are now Global Methodist, mm-hmm. um, which is something that we looked at uh, as far as denominationally going. But um, so not talking about relationships, but just the bureaucratic creation that that monstrosity <laughs> that mm-hmm. that no one person was even running. It was a it was a it was a system. It was a collective of I don't want to hurt my future, so I'm not going to make a decision. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of other things. So yeah, yeah, and I like I said, I didn't realize the um, the the scope of that. Um, over me until it wasn't there. So, um, and and it's not like we've even made any major uh, decisions or you know we've done anything differently. Really, I don't think we have. 
since we have been apart from the UMC. Uh, we've kind of continued on, but without the, I mean, Kristen would say a whole lot of whole, forms and, and paperwork. Uh, no, uh, nothing in the forefront has changed. It's all mm-hmm. like yeah, back, back end. end stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, reporting and yeah. that kind of stuff, which was stuff that not that we don't keep track of things. I mean, financially we have oversight. We have, but we keep, we're able to keep track of it the way that best suits us as opposed to best suiting an organization. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because we, ha- <laughs> we'd have to keep things in multiple ways because mm-hmm. the number that they wanted, we didn't necessarily need it in that form. We needed it more broken down or more, uh, grouped mm-hmm. together than, than they needed. Right. Right. So, so life after the UMC to, we could just make this a short, like it was great, but see you bye. But really it's not about what is life like after the UMC. It's where, where are we then? So Mm -hmm. where are we living? What are we doing? Um, where did we land? Um, some of you probably heard us talk about this. I don't even know what episodes we were in. Um, but we landed as far as, okay. So when we were in the process of uh, trying to discern what to do, we saw three options. Mm-hmm. Um, the Global Methodist Church. Yep. We knew we were going to disaffiliate. We knew that much, mm-hmm. uh, almost unanimously. Um, it was like 99 point something percent. I mean, it was like four votes. Or yeah, something. yeah. So we knew that. Um, so we were either looking Global Methodist Church, which is where a lot of churches have gone. Uh, we looked a little bit at a Congregational Methodist church denomination a little outdated for us yeah uh, they've was, made a lot of changes though that was the one where the guy came and spoke mm-hmm. yes i will say that they have made a lot of changes um since then and and i would tell them like here are the things that my leadership our search team is you know saying this needs to you know it seems really outdated this mm-hmm. this this, and they made some changes from that so that's did, good for them did drew send in a survey <laughs> no drew didn't send a survey he's the survey guy so we had Global Methodist, which was much more, you know, it was still in the formation, but possibility. Then there was Congregational Methodist, and then, um, or just be independent mm-hmm. um, for a period of time. Um, and so we landed on being independent. Um, I heard this many times in our, uh, we had some groups trying to discern what we were going to do, mm-hmm. a meeting, and um, everyone was like, you know, Unfortunately, this is the example was we don't want to get married so quickly after just getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to marry ourselves to another denomination with some of or similar type, um, uh, I don't know the word, um, expectations mm-hmm. on us or or unwritten expectations that were not really fleshed out yet. Yeah. And no one was like, speaking of Steve, you know, like in a lot of those leadership conversations, a lot of us were like, why do we, we don't want to jump right into something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Without naming names, because this is an unofficial statement, I don't want to uh, pigeonhole anyone into the statement, but Mm -hmm. it was like, we don't want to be in UMC light, you know? Right. Or something that was like, yes, it's more conservative, but it's only 30 years back and and we don't want to be the mm-hmm. and as it progressed we saw things going back to the way UMC was doing things and then we didn't want to be the church that was known of leaving denominations. Yeah, right. Yes, that's a good you know? example. And and like as someone good. said that to me, I was like, well, we can't put that anywhere, but that is a great explanation of really where we feel like we want to be because we 
we want this to be a thought out decision that we don't have to make mm-hmm. another decision That's in right. five, 10 years. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I definitely have shared this and I think I shared it in, in podcast form, probably message form as well. Um, it, it took a, uh, an emotional and, and time toll on, on us oh, again, yes. talking about not realizing the, the weight over us coming out of that. I realized the weight of even the decision mm-hmm. was was pretty cost. I mean, not costly in a negative way, but I just know that we that leadership that everyone that had any kind of role in in maybe in one of the discernment groups or of course our board um, staff like mm-hmm. we were we were tired from that process and who we wouldn't want to turn around in a, in a couple of years and then put the church through that again. Yes. So you know, and we had you know we were still fresh off of you know, establishing ourselves after leaving First Methodist and just becoming our own standalone church. So mm-hmm. it was just a, it was a lot. So, so where did we land? We landed in not a denomination, but a network. Yes. So we are part of the Foundry Network. Foundry, F-O-N-U-D-R-Y. It's the Foundry Network. Um, it's not a denomination, right? There's no bishop. There's no district superintendent. There's no apportionments. That means we don't send money into the Foundry Network. Foundry Network. Um, the Foundry's, the purpose, it says this, it seeks to forge a network of like-minded pastors and churches who are aligned theologically and work together to reawaken the movement for Jesus in our communities. So that's where it is. And so mm-hmm. as a network, it actually starts with the pastor, the lead pastor is part of the network. Mm-hmm. And if the pastor is part of the network, then the church can be too. But a pastor could just be part of the network. And not the church. And not the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but so in order for the Porch Me Church to be part of the network... You have to be a part. Right. So, um, and it's a great... I've, I haven't met anyone yet in person in this group. But mm-hmm. um, we, we had Zoom meetings. There was a meeting uh, in... Um, I think, yeah, in Alabama a few weeks uh, in May, but I was uh, doing my niece's graduation stuff, so I couldn't be there. So, but in September, we're having a meeting in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only myself, but others on staff, we're going to go over to Houston for a few days for the Foundry meeting and then the New Room Conference um, to actually be in person. But we meet every month. Uh, we email a lot. We text a lot. We share a lot. Um, I've made some really good uh, pastoral friendships and connections already just just through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we landed there. Um, why a network? You know, of course, it's gotten a little bit. You know, some people are like, "Oh, it's a it's for large churches," mm-hmm. and we're we're the, the we're the smallest of these churches for sure. Which, um, which is interesting because if you look at scales of size of churches across America, we're actually pretty large. Right. So these, I mean. Many of these have multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that don't, but but there are many that that do. Um, and I think there's 13 of us right now. Um, and the Story Church in Houston, Christ Church in Illinois. I've really gotten to know Shane Bishop, who's the lead pastor at Christ Church. He's awesome. He's written several books. He just sent me the other day, like, "Hey, would you give me your opinion on the artwork for this?" the next book that I'm doing or this trail guide series, he calls it of like 
um, like Bible study, discipleship. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, I love it. It's really cool. Um, the Orchard Church in Mississippi, Granger Church in Indiana, Asbury Church in Alabama. Um, there's Anderson Hills. I can't remember where that is. The Coves in Alabama, another church in Houston called the Foundry Church. So the Foundry Church is Foundry Network. I love the name of this next church in Indiana. It's called Get Well Church. So oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, Quest Church, which is in North Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Temple Church. I don't remember where that is. Sorry. Uh, and then uh, my notes say Mr. Bethel. I was about to ask. It's, it's Mount Bethel um, in Georgia, which that's probably the most familiar to a lot of you. If you heard um, last year, early last year, when or late last year, when um, the North Georgia bishop really stuck it to uh, Mount Bethel Church and mm-hmm. and um, all that. So, And then there's us, and we're yep. a part of it as well. So... Um, now and, and are we'll all these are all these former Methodist churches? I mean, all... Asbury Church makes sense. Uh-huh. We know we were uh, Mr. Bethel Church. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is one in here that is not, and I can't remember which one it is. Um, I can't remember. It might be. I, I don't. I don't remember looking at the list. Okay. Um. So there's one that was not a UMC. And all the others were United Methodist churches. And a couple of them had left prior to, like Christ Church and the Orchard had left even before people were disaffiliating. They mm-hmm. went through the process and and paid for they it. They did the dearly. expensive one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we're part of this network, and it's... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's a really cool group of people. I'm the only female... Uh, in this, which so, you're probably used to. I, I mean, that's yeah, that's not abnormal uh, in this line of of work. Um, but um, I just I've really loved. Okay, so let me give you an example of the networking aspect of this. Before I even knew I was networking, so when we were in the process, we 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 had said, yeah, we're disaffiliating. We needed to start. We needed founding documents. We needed a faith and practice. We needed all these things. So I started looking around at churches that I was like. What are they doing? What have they written that is in line with us? Like, I, let's don't recreate the wheel. Let's find what's working for some churches. And so I looked at Quest Church, which uh, their pastor is John Kenny, and he's the one that reached out to me like over, I don't know, two years ago now maybe, and just kind of introduced himself and knew yeah. we were in the process. And, and then he's the one that called me and said, hey, would you like to be a part of this network? Um, I'd like to basically nominate you and the, your church to be a part of this. So they reached out to Us. me to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, so I looked at John's stuff there at, at Mount Bethel, or not at Mount Bethel, Bethel at... Um, Quest. At Quest. And he, it, I was like, wow, this is good. He's like, yeah, I got it from uh, Christ Church. So Shane Bishop's church. He's mm-hmm. like, I got it from Christ Church. I was like, that's awesome. So I looked at, at their documentation. Well, it turns out, <laughs> I didn't know this till later, actually in like my interview process to be in the foundry, um, I was telling them that process, and and they were like, "Oh, well, actually, Christchurch got it from the Orchard Church, <laughs> so which is it's uh, just trickled, yeah, which is really kind of like uh, um, the the pastor there, his name's Brian. He he kind of wrote the initial one that many of us have used since then. So our faith and practice is a faith and practice that other churches have been using for a couple of years, some of them, mm-hmm. and um. And it works. So it's not, um, you know, so even in that, like we were networking with this group before we even, I knew I was networking with them, you know. Right. Um, And those kinds of things, you know, best practices. um, 
uh, how they do, uh, you know, like we have a giant shared, you know, document of, of different things of how do we, how do you do your, um, how does one particular church do its licensing and ordination? How does this church do this? How does it hire? You know, if, if we needed, if we had a new position open up here that we needed to look like mm-hmm. the, the network, the founder network would be the place we'd go and say, Hey, we have this position. Do you have people on your staff or do you have people that would be interested kind of thing? Okay. So that accountability, that connection without constraints of being in a denomination is what, what holds us there. So, um, and so that would be a source if, you know, if I were to, you know, not be here anymore, you know, Jesus called me home or called me somewhere else. Um, the network would be a fantastic place for, uh, the leadership of our church. To That's say, where HR would start. Yeah, they'd say, "Hey, we we're going to be looking for a mm-hmm. you know a lead pastor kind of thing." But the <clears throat> and because it's talking moot leaving from Methodist, mm-hmm. the foundry won't will not appoint. Oh heck no no, yeah no. So they have so our local leadership, our ministry board of elders is the um, leadership of our church making those decisions. So they don't ordain, they don't appoint, they don't fire. Um, they will offer counsel and they will recommend people, but they wouldn't, they have no authority over the actual the local church. church. Right, right. We have that, that is held within the local church. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, uh, I don't know what you're, you're not as, as deeply versed on this as I am. So mm-hmm. what are some questions or thoughts that you have, or that you think someone who doesn't know a lot might have that I could try to answer? Okay, well, I'm I'm kind of a a, a weird oh, amalgamation mm-hmm. of growing because mm-hmm. this looks like a lot of networks that I've seen in like mm-hmm. the reformed movement mm-hmm. of like it's a loose connection, but there but there is a togetherness that is created associated with each other. Yeah. So I kind of have a grasp on this, but coming but knowing people that have had these questions. Um, after being in the UMC for a long time. So if we don't have apportionments, how does how does this thing stay afloat? Well, okay, so the network, um, it doesn't have employees. Um, it doesn't manage funds. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require um, any sort of resourcing of itself. So let's say, so for instance, when we get together in September in Houston, mm-hmm. um, there's two churches that are in Houston, and they're going to kind of host us each, like yeah. one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Um, and so those churches will, you know, they'll, they'll provide the food and whatnot. Um, but let's say we were going to go to a centralized location for a retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would all share the cost. So, I mean, there's, there is nothing that the Foundry Network requires financially from the church. So we're not writing a monthly check or a quarterly check to this network. Mm-hmm. Um, the funds want to be and purposely are set to stay within the church to use. So when you talk about apportionments, of course, that's the, that was the money that was paid um, in, in, you know, monthly to Correct. the denomination. Mm-hmm. And then from there, that money was sent to pay a lot of administrative costs. And then it would trickle down into missions and stuff like that. We allotted one when we went uh, independent from the UMC. We said, okay, what were we sending? Whatever, and I can't remember that amount right now, but whatever that amount was, yeah. let's say it was $100. It was much more than that. Yep. Um, just easy, to math. easy math. Um, we said, okay, well, definitely 100 And then we said, okay, let's do more. 
And so we've allotted, let's say, $200. It's not double, maybe $150. Yeah. Um, that might be confusing by giving that amount. But anyway, um, it's much more than that. We're in yes. the thousands and thousands. But where we say, no, we're going to do this, we're going to support local ministries we're a part of. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be open to other opportunities to here's do stuff. Here's $10. <laughs> here's, here's $10. We're going to split it up between 10 groups now. So the money that we were giving to the UMC, we're now giving to local ministries and to fund other outreach ministries and mission-type ministries. So mm-hmm. that's still being spent. But now we get to determine where it goes and um, if we want to do more or diversify that or whatever we want to do. We're able to do that. Um, I'm trying to think if I answered that question completely. Um, So, yeah, there's no financial aspect to uh, the Foundry Network, which was really, really a big thing um, when they, when there was about five churches that that started, that really started the conversation. Mm -hmm. A couple of them being ones that had already left the UMC um, in like 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had a little bit of time under their belt Mm -hmm. and realized, oh, I need, I still want a network. I still want a network of pastors and peers, mm-hmm. um, like-minded churches and pastors and other staff to to work with, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where that whole thing started. Um, and and the thing about the the I guess the appeal of the Foundry Network um, is that it's really really flexible. Like yeah. it's you know uh, in the in our former with the UMC, let's say we wanted to um, enlarge our um, auditorium. Mm-hmm. We would have to vote, of course, locally. Like, do we want to do this? Which that would be something we, we would still do. do like, that. well, not. Yeah, we would start with our our leadership, leadership board, and then just go from there. But then we'd actually have to go to the denomination itself and get approval. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if we wanted to take out a loan, we would have to get approval. And um, if we at some point go, you know what? Let let's start let's start another church somewhere. We would have to get approval outside of ourselves to do that. Mm-hmm. We um, couldn't just do it, right? We couldn't decide locally to do mm-hmm. it. So that kind of flexibility now is, you know, we can we don't need an outside source to approve what we know we want to do as a as a church here. You know, mm-hmm. that would be for the local leadership to to make those decisions and and bring the congregation in on those decisions. So some of those things, you know. Um, staffing wise like when you're talking about pastors in the umc pastors were appointed not just the lead pastor but associate pastors um and some other uh pastoral roles often the the bishop and their cabinet would say you're going to get this person and you're also going to get this person and we're going to take this one and take that one that's not part of the that the network has nothing to do with that right and um nor would they want to so um and the, uh, one of the things um, I think is important to, which this is probably depending on how old you are, and maybe in the South it's a little bit different, but the thing to remember, you know, 25, def- definitely 50 years ago, mm-hmm. but I'd even say probably 25 years ago, especially in South Georgia, um, it was important of what denomination you were a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, not being. Growing my age, uh-huh. like. As a kid, it uh-huh. was still important. Right. Not being affiliated with a particular denomination, it's not going to keep people from joining our church or checking yeah. our church out. There, there'll be some outliers, yeah. but by and large, I mean, especially when you're talking about the next generation, mm-hmm. 
They the have de- no the concept. denominational ties are not in a, a hindrance or um, or it's, a, it's actually more of a hindrance. It can be. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a barrier that uh, the church the local church has to break down, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is why so many churches uh, you and, have to really dig around to find yeah. out who they are. And I would or imagine, who they're connected with. And I would imagine most of these churches, uh, if they were founded within two thousand five two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have the no- denomination in their name, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Whether they were affiliated with the denomination or not, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was it was it it can be a hindrance. Yes, I mean you have you have SBC churches, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist churches that Don't. hide that they're Southern Baptist churches. Yeah, um, and not even because of the recent stuff, but just in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, there there are churches in this town that are SBC that don't have SBC on the door, mm-hmm. yeah. and. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. So, um, another question. Yeah. Um, this uh, you said no bishop, no district superintendent, mm-hmm. no appoint, no apportionments. So, if there is there someone that is like in charge at all, like of the, of founder. the foundry network, is there someone that we go, hey, we need to make a press release as a network. This is this is our guide or person to do it. Mm-hmm. So initially, um, there were five churches that they said were like we're the, the founding, or five pastors of these churches that were like the founding pastors. Um, and then from there, they collectively agreed on the rest of us becoming a part of it. And so I think I was, I think we, I was tenth maybe of the group, and now we're at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have been involved in the conversation of those other three as far as us agreeing for them to be in. Now, what they'll do is they'll take two or three will actually, um, if they can meet them in person, great. If not, they'll do a Zoom meeting, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a one-on-one conversation on the phone. I had a couple, a Zoom meeting, uh, filled out some paperwork about who I am, what's my call, uh, what have we done, who is our church, you know, all those. So there is a process, but it is a collective agreement from the current, from the group, whatever it is, to say, yeah, we would like Get Well Church to be a part of of this, which was one of the ones recently. I know that, um, you know, I got a, I can't remember if it was an email or text. This was probably two months ago now. It's like, hey, does anyone know this person from this church? And it happened to be in Oklahoma. Well, it happens to be the church that my uncle goes to, and he's very involved there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the president of the Oklahoma Methodist Foundation, um, just retired, and um, so they just dis- they dispensed all the money that like Wesley Foundations get, yes, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did. In, in okay, um, but I also know he's part of the church, and I happen to have some seminary classes with their pastor. Um, so I was like, yeah, I know him, and I know his church, and I know some of the leadership. And if they're interested, they would be great to be a part of this. I don't know where that con- I don't know what went from there, like if they were going to do interviews or whatever, or if they decided, I, I'd probably see them end up being GMC, but yeah. Um, but so that's kind of the process. I mean, mm-hmm. so that, yes, there are some initial like, uh, five churches that are pastors that started. Yeah. Um, but I, so far collectively, it's a group conversation of, mm-hmm. do we approve this church to be a part of it? They've been interviewed. They've been this, they've been that. Mm-hmm. And it's different people interviewing, so it's not just a certain group. So no president, no chair. No president, chair. No, nope. no one who's like, and you're out, or I decided that so and so's in. Right. No, okay. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, you know, we are going to, I don't know when you could probably say this better, but we're going to make the information on the Foundry Network. It's going to be there on, on our About Us or mm-hmm. whatever it is. When, when will that be? Probably. Probably not tomorrow. Yeah, not, not not when not this, when this drops, drops, but, but it, within the next week. Yeah, very soon you'll be able to to go and we'll remind you all and let you know when it's when it's yeah. available. We'll, so. we'll mention it on the next. We'll tell you on the next podcast that mm-hmm. it's available. Yeah. And what you'll be able to read um, in there is, um, you know, we're still. I think this is important to to make uh, note of is that we are still Wesleyan. the The Foundry Network is Wesleyan, mm-hmm. so it's not just nothing. Um, and they would, in many and ways, it's not just say, everything, right? And in some ways, I personally don't use the word just because of the the connotations that come with it. But many of them would say, "No, I'm still Methodist. I just wasn't United Methodist." Mm. And by Methodist, what they're saying is, "I have a Wesleyan doctrine." Yes. Um, and so uh, we're still Wesleyan in that regard. Um, you'll be able to find like what we believe and affirm. You know the. I think there's 10, you know, things that we agree on that we believe um, and kind of our whole, you know, this is about, you'll be able to read all of it, how we gather, what we share, um, you know, how we look at things. So, yeah. 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 Um, that'll be on our website. So I was just glancing over it. Sorry if that sounded, you know. No, I, no, no. I, I don't well, I could see what you're doing. So I guess. Yeah, that. you know, you know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> she was seeing if there was anything that really stands out to yeah say. yeah but um i think all in all um our mission as the porch mm-hmm. and i would say the mission of the foundry and its desire to be a network is our mission for jesus is better served being a part of a network mm-hmm. than it was being a part of a denomination yes and um and if someone goes well shouldn't we just be completely independent I, would, I think that's semantics. We are well. Well, what I would with no ties to mm-hmm. I- anything. Mm-hmm. I would say, go try to find a successful church that has no form of network somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's. I know for me personally, um, I want a network of pastors mm-hmm. to talk to. Mm-hmm. I want a. I want numbers in my phone of people I can call and say, I need your advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a situation with my staff, so I can't talk to anyone on the staff about it, you know, mm-hmm. or I have a, I have a situation with the board I need to handle. I can't talk to the board about it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk to the staff about a board issue. So like, you know, I need phone numbers that I can call and you know what? Our board needs, needs numbers. numbers and email addresses where they can say, Hey, we need, we need help. We've got a position. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've got this coming up or we have this, you know, Shannon's retiring or whatever it is like we we need we want to know so personally I need that and I I believe whoever is serving but I'll just say the leadership of the porch whoever's serving in that capacity at that time needs that kind of connection mm-hmm. too because um, it's not their primary job right right and um yeah and I have been more encouraged with best practices like good best practices in the last six months than I was in my time in the UMC with seminary, with 
the ordination groups I had to be a part of, the yeah. resident ministry groups that were all structured there for that kind of purpose. And I've, I've received better best practices, ideas, actual things that you could, you know, put wheels on and make go mm-hmm. um, in the last six months than as, as part of the Foundry Network than I right. did in the um, 15 years that I was a United Methodist clergy person. So, mm. yeah. So in that regard, um, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. So so that's where we landed. Um, we are, and I say non-denominational um independent sometimes just that's just me i don't i don't like the i'm an independent person in my personality and i know that's not always a good thing so i try to avoid saying that as for our church right (laughs) um because it might equal you know it might for some bring up ideas of you know like we don't want anyone to tell us what we're doing or anything like that we just want to go rogue yeah right yeah so um but yeah we we are um a non-denominational church we have a faith and practice. We have all of our um, documentation and documents that guide us and principles of faith and practice that we follow here. But we're also part of a network that is like-minded. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a really good thing for us. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, any other questions or ideas or thoughts that come up with this? Like I said, we'll be making this, while you're thinking, we'll be making this... Um, information available on our website very soon so um we kind of do a, a website refresh every semester every year. semester quarter whatever it might yeah. be so yeah yep no i'm good cool cool well um i hope that this was helpful to some of you or just gave you an idea of kind of where we are um and we'll list the churches too so, mm-hmm. those so you will can be check listed. out their websites yeah. and stuff yeah see what they're doing and and who they are um But yeah, it was good visiting with you guys, and we will be back with you next week, and we continue this Sunday. Um, uh, We're still in Acts, and we're moving along, and uh, the next couple Sundays, as we mentioned in last week's episode, we have a lot going on. Um, I'm excited for um, just the next few weeks, as I see them as just kind of um, almost putting up an additional sail on your ship, and just saying, okay, Holy Spirit... Fill this thing because here mm-hmm. we go, <laughs> and um, and that's how I kind of view the next few weeks as we bless our educators and and get our serve teams going. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't happen to be in a serve team right now, or maybe you used to be and you've taken a break, um, well, we would love to have you get on a serve team again or for the very first time because um, we're going back to two services yep. and just the opportunities there to serve our are great and um yeah it's gonna be good it's It's gonna gonna be be great all right well porch community thanks for listening we look forward to talking to you next week and seeing you this sunday josh thank you thank you all right see you guys bye see you bye. bye you've been listening to the 167 podcast join us next time for more insights to inspire challenge and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours your week.